on tonight. The baptism of boldness. The baptism of boldness. You know, we're suffering from an endemic disease. This disease in the Christian world is known by its Latin name as non rockabotus <laughs> What it really means is whatever you're doing, no rocket about. Non rockabotus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Welcome, everybody, back to Cultivate Discussion. My name is Blade. I am the host of this podcast. Guys, I just want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you. Thank you so much um, just for the support, the the love that that um, I received from the first episode, uh, the other Jesuses that, that I posted a few weeks ago. I really don't. I mean... I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm just I'm I'm sharing my thoughts, my my love for the Lord via a podcast as a middle ground to hopefully encourage the saints for the work of ministry and to be a tool to evangelize to the lost. Now, can I do both? I really hope so. I, I hope I can do both those things. Encourage you and and hopefully um, be a tool to lead others um, to saving faith through Jesus Christ. Uh, guys, I, I'm really excited because, you know, this episode is, is one of those things where I kind of thought, should I jump right into talking about different topics about the cults and as Christians, how do we defend the faith? How do we share the truth? But I, I kind of just took a step back and I went, you know, I think um, I think it's a, a huge opportunity to kind of step into and journey with the call to share first off as the foundation um instead of jumping into when we share it it's more so okay so we, we dabbled in this a little bit in the last episode but but what is that call to share um maybe not necessarily why because i think many believers know why we would want to share the truth um but at the same time i think that there is something to be said about the call that all christians have to in their workplace, family, school, I mean, you name your context to be a Christian ready, equipped, and willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would love, love, love to just dive into, I mean, I have one passage here that um, has been ground shaking for me um, in my years of being a Christian, and especially as one that. Uh, I believe have has the the the, the gift of an evangelist. I, I come back to Ephesians two, one verse one to ten as um, oh man, it's just been ground ground shaking. It's been unbelievable, and it's it's really catapulted me into the life of an evangelist and why I want to share my heartbeat in many ways. You know, as Christians, we we want to be those that that share the truth, shining into the darkness, right? We we want to be faithful, seeking to give an answer whenever asked, um, and 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 with that, it it does come sometimes pain when we're in contact with with others, um, that that ultimately are living a life, um, not honoring the Lord. But this is the call of the Christian friends. This is not the call of Blade. <laughs> This is the call of you, me, as the body of Christ in different facets, in different ways. I mean, that's the wonders of the body of Christ is we all have been given supernatural gifts from the Holy Spirit that are different. 
Um, but yet we, we link hand to hand, arm to arm, united in our mission and vision to see more people glorifying God, honoring him, not only just with words, um, but also with actions. Um, and that is, that is our hope. So Ephesians 2, friends, I'd love to jump into this. I'd love to just break this down a little bit. I'm, I'm trying not to be as formal as I probably could. I mean, I, I love preaching. Uh, wow, I sounded really Southern there. Holy smokes. I love preaching. Um, and that's, that's I love I love doing it. Uh, I've, I've done it a few times. So I'm trying my best not to be preachy because this is a podcast and I don't want to do a preachy blade on a podcast. I want to be someone that's a little bit more real and um, not that preaching, man, I'm really getting myself in a hole here. Not that preaching isn't real, but more, more conversational. Anyways, um, let's get into the, the, the beauties of God's word. Ephesians two verses one to 10. It says this, and, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once, past tense, once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Whew, okay. Verse four. But... God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Woo! Man, okay, so... I, I, I think maybe some of you, if you've been in the church, you, you kind of know this passage a little bit, especially if you are a protester to the church of Rome, the Catholics, the Catholic church. Um, as a Protestant Christian, I am a Christian that protests the church of Rome. And this scripture, verse eight, very, very, very important one is, is talked a lot about in, in those discussions because it is obviously the proclamation of the word of God that Paul makes not just once, but many times in the scriptures, but here that for by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, right? We all know that passage, but often, and maybe this is just me and I can only speak for myself. I I just, I go to verse eight and that's all that I've ever kind of memorized and, and looked at and, and, and loved, but I never got the full context here, guys. Uh, verse one to 10, you got to read it all to get at the very climax of verse eight. Um, and that's why I wanted to read it all, not just verse eight, because there's so much said in verses one to three and then four to 10 that just, oh my goodness. I mean, you need it all. It's, it's, it's the whole pie, not just a piece. Um, you know, and, and, and this is, this is, this is so interesting to me. Verses one to three speaks to me 
to my deepest core because it reminds me, friends, of who I was before I knew Jesus. Who I was when I was not reborn, not a regenerate believer in Christ, one that was still dead in my trespasses, alienated from God, and and a child of wrath. You know, as as we just have read, I would I would honestly say that the completeness of this passage, one to ten, verse one to ten, categorically and perfectly declares the truth of the gospel. Because just like I said, verse one to three talks about who you were. You know, like he uses those those type of words, who you were, dead and trespass, following the prince of the air, passions of the flesh by nature of children of wrath. And then verse four to 10, we get that mega, that big, big two words, but God in verse four, but God. And this leads me to, I guess my first point I want to get here, guys. The call to share comes from a faith rooted in the good news. And that may seem so I guess, antithetical in the sense where it's like, well, of course. But is it true to say that as believers, we kind of go away from that a little bit? We, we kind of view sharing the good news as kind of an outsider thing rather than an internal reality. We have the gospel, which means good news. What is that good news? Ephesians 1, 2, verse 1 to 10, just proclaim that. Dead in our sins but God being rich in mercy. it When you get that, guys, then you'll no longer start thinking, can I share the gospel? Like, like that's not really my, 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 my personality to kind of be someone like, can, can I live that out? Of course you can. Of course you can. So that's the root of it. It's faith rooted in the gospel. God's word has said, friends, the grass will wither, the flowers will fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. I think um, often as well, guys. Um, and my goodness, I've been—I have been a, a culprit to this. Um, it, it, I believe that one of the the many lies that Christians believe when it comes to witnessing and evangelism is is often when we're in those situations, we rely on ourselves and our thoughts, our intellect rather than relying on God, the Holy Spirit. I'm a firm believer, guys, that the most ignored person in the Trinity, um, often, especially within evangelism, is none other than God, the Holy Spirit. That is a sad reality, um, but, but that is just the reality that I have seen in my own walk when I have witnessed and when, when I have seen other believers um, talk about witnessing before. Um, is is so often we our sin our sinful tendency we want to rely on ourselves and what we know rather than trusting in the Holy Spirit to lead us there. Uh, many have stripped away, guys. Many have stripped away the, the very gift of God's presence and replaced it with man-centered rhetoric. And you don't get that when your faith is rooted. The call to share it's rooted in the gospel. Because the gospel is not Blade's gospel. The gospel is not your gospel. 
It is God's good news. It is God's gospel. We had no good news to share until God provided the good news. Is that is that something that like is hitting home? Because it, it hits home for me right now. That that is the reason, the, the, the proclamation in my heart to share that good news. So if our call is to share then, then the first need is faith in God before you have faith in anything else. Again, seems totally obvious, but I, I make the emphasis there because I need the emphasis in my heart, in my journey. I need that emphasis because so often I'm prone to wander to my own deeds, thoughts, actions, to what I think should be said, how to be said, and ignore that as I'm speaking to this person, workplace, bus stop, coffee shop, family, in my words and my actions, that I'll be praying to the Holy Spirit, God, please just help me to the words I say. Soften this person's heart. And and I, I yeah, it, it, it doesn't come easy, man. I mean, this, this sin is just going to creep in and try to twist how you do this. And, and we got to be faithful evangelists, friends. So yeah, so verse 4 to 10, Paul is declaring from the housetops that Yahweh saves. We got the, the bedrock, verse 1 to 3. As I mentioned, talking about our sin, being dead in our trespasses, passions of the flesh by nature, children of wrath, verse 4 to 10 is Paul declaring as loud as he can that Yahweh saves. Verse 4, these two words, friends, I come back to it. This ought to be the catapult that springs you into the heart of an evangelist. This ought to be. Verse 4. Read it with me if you got a Bible out, out, or I'll read it to you right now. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, being rich in mercy. The words he said, rich in mercy, God, great love. He loved us. Verse five, while we were dead in our trespasses, taking it back to verse one. Paul is taking us back to the reality of this is who we were. Verse 1, verse 5. But while we were dead in our trespasses, immeasurable riches of grace. Guys, we we were, as one pastor put it, and I thought was so profound, we were just like Lazarus. Spiritually dead, verses 1 to 3. We had nothing about ourselves to bring to our salvation. Nothing we can do, nothing we can say or earn grace. That is the the, the preaching that Paul is given in verses 1 to, to 3. We are saved not of works, but of Christ's works. So as one preacher put it, we really are saved by works, just not ours. The work that was done by the incarnate Son of God. Isn't that wonderful? You see, we're not a religion that's all about the do, 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 do. Rather, this has been done. As Christ proclaimed it, it is finished. And and that's important to note because when we're talking about cults or we're just talking about humanity being corrupted by sin, this is a sinful tendency that all other religious constructs have. Isn't that interesting? Like just to take a step back and just think of all the other religious constructs that are false 
all of them have a, a, a understanding of works righteousness mentality that we can in some way, material way, earn our way to righteousness with God, right? Standing with God. And, and then Christianity comes up through the preaching of Christ, first off, right? When Christ comes, uh, the incarnate son and the word of God uh, pro- proclaiming as loud as it has, because it does proclaim this, that there's nothing that we bring to the table at all. We are dead in our sin. Just as Lazarus was dead spiritually, or sorry, dead physically, we are dead. We're dead spiritually. And what did Lazarus do when Jesus came and breathed life into him and he was risen and lived again? What did, what did Lazarus do? He, he couldn't do anything, friends. He was dead. He didn't earn it. It was a gift just as being dead in our trespasses, being called children of wrath. I mean, that's pretty radical. That's pretty wild. But that's who we were. And God stepped in. And he made a way for us to be righteous, mean right standing, having a right relationship with God for eternity. Not momentary, but for eternity. And that's the beauty of the gospel, to be in a right relationship with God forever. You know, the Book of Mormon, um, as a false religious text, says in 2 Nephi, I believe, it says, um, you are saved by grace after all that you can do. And I really, really believe, guys, that it is a it's human sinful action to believe that you can earn your way to God. For some odd reason, I just don't know why, it is just in the heart of the wicked to believe that we can play a part in the workings of our salvation even though it is a gift. Paul uses that language of the gift. You can't earn it. It is a supreme gift given to us. Um, that That is something that, going back to the first point, being rooted in the gospel, if you knew that the root of it is that while we were dead in our trespasses, Christ died for us. He knew how dirty you were. He, he knew how gross wicked and vile we are and yet he poured his love upon us by placing the incarnate son into the position of the cross and the wrath being poured upon him that was deserved upon us we deserve to be there but christ took the place and he takes off his righteous robes and gives it to us so now we can be in right standing with a just god It's incredible. This really ought to be the catapult that sends you into the orbit of praising God and sharing his word. As one theologian put it, Charles Spurgeon, he says, uh, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Now that is hard hitting. And as Spurgeon quotes go, that is one of the hardest to hear for myself included. I'm not preaching perfection right now, guys. I am preaching forgiveness. I am preaching a reality. That is where I'm at right now, too. Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Another evangelist, George Whitfield, says, God forbid that I should travel with anybody a quarter of an hour without speaking of Christ to them. Again, that is hard-hitting. 
do do I do that? No, I'm, I'm, I, I struggle with that. But it, it, it ought to be a, a, a heartbeat in every Christian to recognize that life, like I mentioned, is momentary. And do we think of them and where they are at spiritually with God and care about that rather than the coffee order or I'm going to be late to my work or you name it, you name it, you name it. It's, it's not what we want to think about friends, but it's just, that is just something that I think the church needs to get back to. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I'll talk about more of my faith journey through throughout these podcasts because I'm sure it'll come up every once in a while. But you know, I I I I was saved by God's grace by an evangelist named Ray Comfort, who I watched videos of on YouTube. Searching up, he's fantastic. Um, and it was through his videos um, evangelizing to people. He, he brings a camera and just interviews people. And, and within the interview, within a 10-minute interview, uh, it's incredible. He's able to share the gospel with them so clearly. I mean, he, he'll, he'll start sharing the law of God and that the law that was written on our hearts. That we're all liars, thieves, blasphemous, adulterers of heart, and that we are in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. That is the good news. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But yet Christ died for us. Like it just, as a 15-year-old, it just blew my flipping brain watching this guy. And as a kid, I was presented by someone like Ray Comfort that the gospel to me was not a weak gospel, rather a powerful one. And it was presented in a way that I saw his boldness. I saw his genuine genuine desire to speak this truth with people, not out of arrogance, but out of love and ultimate desire to see them saved. Often in his videos, he often says, I say this because I love you. And he means it. And so as a kid, I, I, you know, born in a Christian household and hearing the gospel, when I watched his videos, it just proclaimed in my heart that the gospel is not a weak gospel. It is a powerful one. And my witness to the gospel's witness is that a Christian must be a bold witness. Do you hear that? My witness to the gospel's witness is that a Christian must be a bold witness. What I mean by that is by the example that someone like a New Zealand native, Ray Comfort, who later in his 20s, I believe, you know, had his own business, his life looked good, and out of nowhere, the reality of death just struck upon him of what would happen if I died. He became born again, zealous on fire for the Lord, sort of opened her preaching, moved to Los Angeles, started a ministry, and somehow within all of that, a 15-year-old white Canadian kid got saved. Like, wow, Right? the way the Lord works and moves. And by seeing his boldness, it, it just awoke in me a, a sense of, yeah, that's the gospel. Bold, excited, jacked up, not a weak and frail gospel. What I saw in a sinful man was the proclamation that the gospel is truly the power into salvation, period. And that's the hope, guys. As, as our root is the gospel and as we rely on the Holy Spirit 
And as we read the scriptures, such as Ephesians 2, knowing who we were, our brokenness, and knowing who we are now, let all of those things culminate in a heart centered on wanting to share that good news. Not all have the gift of an evangelist. Hear me out here. Not all have the gift of an evangelist. But in some way, we are all called to be one. Now, there's a difference there. Giftings and callings different. But in your context, friends, I encourage you. I, I, I challenge you. Go out. Make disciples. Your context. Your family. You name it. Be bold for the truth. Be bold for the truth of the gospel and ask for opportunities. I remember when, when I was working at the church as a junior youth director, I remember we were at like someone's house doing a, some sort of event with a bunch of students running around and being crazy. And I remember I, I was praying to God just, just during that season of just, God, give me more opportunities to speak to people about the hope that it is in me. And out of nowhere, and I mean, this the, the way this house is located is not in the main street of you know, where I live, but out of nowhere, I just see these, these two young men with white shirts on with badges that say elder. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is the moment. And I just remember, I don't know if I looked at my coworker and said, Oh my God. But like, I, I, all I remember was I ran and I ran to them. They're Latter-day Saint missionaries. And I just started speaking to them just so jacked up because like the Lord answered this and I didn't want to just miss out on it. I remember they were super weirded out, but they're also kind of excited because they first off, first time in a very long time actually had someone that wanted to talk to them. And uh, I mean, I've had some mix-ups too. I mean, I actually asked them to go out for coffee, which is not what you ask Mormons to go for coffee with them. But oh well, they, they still were generous and 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 said yes, let's do it. And then and that's what that's what started a like eight week meeting with them weekly conversations with these Latter-day Saints was, was praying to God that he would give me opportunity and he did and capitalizing on it. Don't, don't run into fear, run into obedience with God in those moments. Um, and, and it, it is wonderful, wonderful to see the fruit, to see what the Lord does in those moments. So be bold friends, fight the good fight. Look to Jesus as your everything. If there's anything that you can get, let it be those words from this podcast. God bless you. I'll talk to you next time.